Welcome to Foreigner in Japan. I'm Shubhansh and thanks for joining me. I'm a foreigner living in Japan for six plus years. And this is the second podcast in this series. If this is your first time, then I may request you to first listen to the first podcast because this one is a continuation to that. As I described on the first day of uh, arriving in Japan, I will today talk about uh, the second day and the consequent days. On the second day, we had to go to the ward office to get our addresses printed on the residence cards. We finally figured out where our nearest train station was and uh, we managed to reach the ward office. The train journey was a culture shock in itself. Hardly anyone was talking and the train was jam-packed with people standing close to each other. Also, people who were seated were either looking into their phones or taking a nap. There was absolutely no one in that jam-packed train who looked like enjoying the journey, apart from us, for sure. We were the only ones who were talking and uh, it was a bit loud, though we didn't realize it at that time. Also, it is considered like a basic manner to not talk on phones uh, while you are inside the trains. And I have been stopped around three, four times uh, in the beginning for the same. Sometimes they were just staring at me and uh, I felt that I need to stop talking. On some other occasions, uh, they patted on my back. So that was a really big shock because I thought, uh, yeah, people can uh, really talk in the train if they want to. Uh, how is it a uh, bad manner? Because you don't have to listen to other people talking, even if they are talking with themselves. Uh, if there are two people, you don't need to listen to their uh, talks. So even if I'm talking to someone and you cannot listen to the other person, why is it necessary to have this manner in place? Later on, I realized this is the culture and uh, 100% people follow it. So you should also follow it and not try to be a revolutionary <laughs> because that won't change anything. And to be honest, it's kind of better if the train is silent because people who are really tired from their hard office job can uh, take a break. And uh, even if they are not tired, it's uh, really relaxing and you can think about uh, yourself or you can read a book. You can uh, do any number of things. So I think it's on the positive side. But when you're traveling uh, using a bullet train or you are taking a local train and you're traveling between prefectures, then uh, I think this mannerism uh, issue doesn't come into picture. And uh, it gets uh, really natural and people uh, talk a lot and uh, they don't uh, stare at you if you're talking loudly. But even then, uh, please look around yourself and uh, Decide by yourself if uh, you can really talk loudly or there are many people sleeping around. Yeah, that's something you need to take care of uh, in Japan because I think people here are uh, more sensitive and uh, uh, more responsible. So they expect the same from uh, foreigners as well. Coming back to my story, we reached the war office and then got our paperwork done. The residence card is uh, really important here in Japan because it acts like a visa and it is also used like uh, ID proof. So you don't need to bring your passport everywhere. You can just uh, keep that compact uh, ID card or uh, the residence card and uh, in your wallet and you can just bring it anywhere you go. 
and this is called zairyo uh, kaido in japanese many places you will be asked about this uh, can you show me a zairyo kaido and in the beginning i was uh, clueless like in uh, those times they used to call it uh, alien card and that was a little uh, derogatory term <laughs> yeah so they they refer to it as alien card and uh, at that time we didn't really know about it we were thinking it's a residence card so even in english it got a little bit confusing the visa duration is also dependent on the type of job you are doing and uh, since we were all engineers we got a 5 years visa but uh, after that uh, some other people also came and they got a 3 years visa so yeah it it really depends on the company and the situation but generally people get uh, 3 years visa people also get business visas and other kinds of visas uh, which range from 3 uh, months to Five years, yeah. So you need to check this out uh, before coming here. Next, uh, we needed was inkan. Inkan is something which is uh, like your signature in Japan. Almost uh, nobody signs using hand, and uh, in uh, the bank documents or uh, when you are buying a property or when you are starting a business, uh, inkan is very important. And if you don't have one, uh, you may even not. Uh, get the documents uh, signed and uh, yeah some places are flexible and uh, they allow you your english signature but uh, most of them uh, don't really allow you to do this so here i want to talk to about the katakana names so japanese has three scripts one is called hiragana one is called katakana and uh, the third one is kanji So hiragana is uh, something which is used for all the grammatical words like for and to etc then uh, katakana is something which is used to write uh, anything which is outside of japan and it is a completely different script and this was also like a shock for us because uh, you never see this happen in your home country like i have never experienced it in english or other languages that for foreigners uh, they have a completely different script like don't get me wrong that it's for foreigners it's for uh, anything which is foreign word like bottle is an english word so they will write it as boteru in katakana they will not do so in hiragana or the third script kanji so pronunciation wise i can understand that uh, a different uh, way of writing is needed for everybody's name but uh, they even have a script for that and uh, that's a little uh, strange for a foreigner to think but it becomes easier because you can differentiate easily oh it's a foreign word so uh, many people may not be knowing it so in writing it becomes clearer so in a way it's uh, helpful katakana is something you can decide when you come to japan and you can get this registered in the ward office and it will be written at the back of your residence card for me i never did it but in my bank i needed to choose the name in both english and katakana and anywhere you go in japan you need to write your romaji which is english alphabet as well as your kanji or if you don't have a kanji as your foreigner you need to write it uh, in katakana yeah so it's uh, something you need to decide when you are living here 
so coming back to incan we needed to decide which name to get printed on the incan incan is like a stamp and you can get your initials printed there or you can uh, get your full name printed there i got my full name printed there it was in english alphabets i did not get my katakana name registered so i didn't even have the option of using katakana at that time so this incan cost about uh, 500 to 2000 yens depending on uh, the shop with the incan then next we headed to the bank to get ourselves a bank account we were around 50 plus people who were sitting in a room and around 10 people in full black suits came with many documents and we thought it is uh, some company audit or some company raid that is taking place because we have never seen something like that in our home countries and uh, it felt exciting and also very scary <laughs> but uh, in the end we got to know that it is the part of their culture and japanese are really professional people so they will wear uh, full black suits inside their offices even in uh, uh, an it company sometimes you can see them wearing uh, very um professional clothing and uh, it is very common here in the it companies it is more free and uh, you are required to wear semi formal if you are uh, with the client or uh, it is also okay to wear casuals uh, if you are working in house so here our uh, bilingual hrs really helped us because uh, bank is something you don't want to mess and it was all in japanese so we needed somebody to help us and uh, it was a challenge because there were only 5 to 7 bilingual hrs and we were 50 plus people and uh, there were uh, 10 plus people from the bank itself and uh, it was like uh, we had to fill it fast because yeah in japan time is very important and you cannot really waste uh, the time even if you are a customer Next I would like to talk about credit cards. It is an interesting topic because getting a credit card in Japan is even harder than getting a visa. But because we had support from our company, we had a good chance to get it. The main thing that I want to share is about the chicken and egg problem of whether the phone number came first or the credit card. For credit card you need a phone number. And in Japan to get a phone number you you always get a phone with the contract of the phone number you almost never get only a sim card with the phone number so maybe it changed in these 6 years but when we arrived this was the case so we had the option to pay in lump sum and we could pay around 3000 to 4000 yens which is around 30 dollars and we could get a flip phone which was very outdated along with the number or we had the option to use a credit card and uh, go for the iPhone or any other phone of our choice in that case we needed to pay around 70 dollars per month and uh, it included our internet fee our phone fee and our uh, cellular connection fee since we just arrived in Japan we only had our bank accounts and we almost nobody had any credit card people who had their international credit cards it was easy for them because they could just show that credit card and uh, 
get the new iPhone. So around seven, eight people did that. But for all the others, we either had to pay lump sum to get a flip phone or pay lump sum to get an iPhone. This was a really tricky situation and I was not carrying so much cash with me at that time. But I didn't really like the idea of uh, buying a flip phone when I already wanted to buy an iPhone. So I consulted with my family and uh, asked them to send in a little bit more cash and we could postpone the process till next day. So I got the cash and then I paid in lump sum to get my iPhone for around $700. It was a very big uh, amount because we had just graduated from the university and we had to pay so much money even before starting our job. So by this time, including the phone fee, we had paid more than $1,000 and uh, we were far from starting our jobs. And in Japan, when you start your job, your salary comes uh, next month on the 20th. It used to be in my previous uh, Japanese company. So we needed to spend about $2,000 to $3,000 before even getting our first salary. It was a little bit scary and we were scared what happens if we get fired on the first month. Uh, we will be in losses, right? So yeah, it was a risky and tense situation, but this is how it is in Japan. And as days went by, we got accustomed to the ways of living here. Then uh, after two, three weeks, uh, we started our job and in the job, everything was in Japanese. And uh, there we needed to learn Japanese language from scratch. And uh, we had to learn it fast because uh, they could not spend uh, so much money on us. And they wanted us to be proficient in six months. And many people came with a mindset that uh, even if they don't know Japanese, they can do their jobs and uh, it won't be a problem. But as it was a very typical Japanese form, so we needed to know Japanese uh, well in order to function well in the company. And the next six months were really hard for some people and uh, life changing for others. And in these six months, some people also already started to realize what they needed in life and uh, they quit Japan altogether. And by the end of two years, Almost 70% uh, of the people who joined together had uh, either changed the job or quit Japan altogether. This was mainly due to the fact that uh, Japanese language was really hard and people like uh, me, I was okay to learn the language and I was happy to come here and experience a new culture. But for many others, they expected a very Western culture and they expected to see new technologies in Japan and get uh, inspired by those and then work happily here as an employee. But uh, Japan is very different from the Western culture and uh, especially the language problem can be really hard for many people. So that's it in this podcast. From the next podcast, I will talk more about the food and travel. And thereafter, I'll come back to the work culture and the ways of living here. Thanks for listening and please join me in the next podcast.